0: listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm of Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 305.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great books about Jane Austen fans. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. I have Jane Austen on the mind. And I think that it's partly because I've been listening to the Bridgerton books on audio. And no, before we get any farther, this is not an episode about the Bridgerton books. Although I have many, many thoughts about them. I'm on book three. I have some praise, some complaints. I'm enjoying them for the most part. But because I am just like so enmeshed in this Regency time period, it's making me think a lot about Jane Austen, which then made me think about two books that are very clearly inspired by Austen. They feature protagonists who are fans of Jane Austen, and they also have that historical Regency setting. But they're both very different. So here we go. My first recommendation is Dangerous Alliance by Jenica Cohen. And this is the story of Lady Victoria, who is the second daughter of an earl. And although she is out in society, she mostly lives on her family's estate and she's very happy there. Her older sister is recently married and Vicky feels no pressure to find a husband right away, um, which is really nice for her. She's very happy to help her father run the estate. She's a fan of reading books about estate management and husbandry and she shares her knowledge with her father and she, in her free time, also enjoys reading Jane Austen novels. This book is set in about 1815, so it's at the end of Jane Austen's life, but Jane Austen is still living. But three things complicate Vicky's life rather quickly. First, her former best friend and neighbor Tom returns home after a long absence. He's been living on the continent, and there's no explanation for why he left abruptly years earlier, and similarly, no warning or explanation when he returns home. Second, somebody is sabotaging their estate. Um, She catches the saboteur in the act. Third, her sister returns home, like basically in the middle of the night, fled her husband. And it turns out that her husband is, in fact, abusive. Because of her sister leaving her husband, Vicky is now in this very awkward position, uh, both socially and um, legally speaking. She has to marry and she has to marry very quickly or her family could risk losing everything that they own. So I really like this book because you go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be like this fun, lighthearted Regency adventure with romance. And it goes a bit deeper than that. And Cohen does like a really great job of getting to the heart of what was important to the upper class during this time period, which was alliances. And really, marriage is an alliance. And in many ways, you have to choose carefully and wisely. And romantic love doesn't always factor into that. Although, obviously, Vicky hopes that she will find romantic love. So the mystery elements are on the lighter side, but there's plenty of like adventure and drama and like action and high stakes. And the most of that drama is kind of centered around this plot of how do we extricate Vicky's older sister from this terrible, terrible marriage, which, you know, spoiler alert, is not easy in the Regency time period. There's also this really great will they or won't they sort of push and pull romantic tension between Vicky and Tom. Um, especially when Tom becomes, you know, perhaps one of the eligible bachelors that Vicki might be able to marry in order to save her family. But overall, it's this really great book that looks at the consequences of like these very stringent rules about marriage and family and society. But it also really definitely explores like how those who are our victims of domestic abuse often continue to suffer even if they have the means and the opportunity to leave their abusers. Uh, because, you know, Vicki's sister is not the only one who also experiences domestic abuse. So there is, you know, a lot about like, you know, this, we we romanticize this time period, but what happens when, you know, somebody is not the stand-up person that they are supposed to be. And, you know, the society didn't often offer protections for people who were suffering domestic abuse behind closed doors. So this is ultimately, like, a romantic and lighter read in that, like, things are wrapped up. And there's, you know, some happily ever afters, but it does kind of have like this, this darker undercurrent. And I think that Cohen explores it really well. And she balances the darker and the lighter aspects of the book really well. So Dangerous Alliance is a great read-alike for Bridgerton fans, um, or just for people who want to explore more of that time period beyond, you know, reading sort of fluff about coming out into society. So my next pick is slightly more unconventional, and that is The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen A. Flynn, and it is also set in 1815, but it is about Rachel, who is a doctor, and Liam, who is an actor, and they live about a couple hundred years into their future. It's not completely specified, but their world is one that has been affected by climate change and war But recent scientific breakthroughs in time travel have resulted in this obsession with the past, particularly like Georgian Regency and Victorian era England. So Rachel and Liam are picked for this highly prestigious and very audacious mission. Basically, they have to travel back to 1815, befriend Henry Austin, who was a banker, and then secure an introduction with Henry's sister, Jane, all with the intention of stealing her manuscript, the Watsons. And now The Watsons, if you're unfamiliar, is one of her early manuscripts. Uh, Historians believe that it was never completed, or if it was completed, there's no full manuscript that actually survived to current day. In this book, they find out that The Watsons was completed, and so they're going to go and steal it, basically, so they can bring it back to the future and people can read it and study it. So this is a really high concept premise that really, really worked for me because I thought that the characters were done really well, but I also thought that the exploration of like what it would be like to be somebody from the future and then trying to like pass as somebody in 1815, like all of those details were just done really, really well. So Rachel and Liam are posing as brother and sister. Liam is supposedly this doctor, even though Rachel is actually the doctor. And... Uh, Rachel's supposed to be his spinster sister. So their cover story is that they are siblings who grew up and have lived their entire lives in the West Indies. They have divested all of their land and fortunes and holdings in the West Indies, freed all of the people that had been supposedly enslaved in their fictional estate. And then they have moved to England in search of a quiet life. This is a story that sort of endears them to the Austins who are against slavery. And it allows them to get into their inner circle and really just appeals to, you know, who they are as people. But also, it's a nice story because if the Austins are to write to any of the people that Rachel and Liam say that they, you know, It's going to take months for letters to get to the West Indies and then for a reply to come back. So Rachel and Liam go into this knowing that they have about eight months to a year before, you know, their story and their cover is going to be exposed. And that gives them a nice little deadline to work towards. So this book really does balance that sort of voyeuristic fascination with life during this time period with like this modern sensibility and knowledge, which, you know, makes it interesting if you've ever thought about like, what would life be like if I were to go back to 1815, Um, especially if you know you're fascinated by the etiquette and the rules of society. This book looks at that from an outsider perspective and it explains a lot of those practices from the viewpoint of two people who are trying to assimilate and pass. And I thought that that was especially interesting because it explains some etiquette and rules that I had, you know, read about and picked up on by reading Regency era novels, but didn't really understand. So Rachel and Liam's relationship is also really fascinating. You know, they started as colleagues as people who don't really know each other very well, because they're both picked for this mission, you know, by this higher board that and they don't know each other. So then, you know, they're forced to work in very close proximity, and they start to fall in love, which is dangerous, because not only are they supposed to be posing as brother and sister, and you know, they live in households where. There are servants, and and people are always watching them. But Liam also has a wife back in the future. So I think ultimately, what made this book so memorable for me was the inquiry into like authorial legacies and what readers really feel like what information is owed to them. Um, You know, Rachel goes back in time because she loves Austin's work and she's really fascinated by her life. And as a doctor, she's also just kind of, you know, personally upset about the idea that, you know, Jane Austen dies really young. She's in her forties when she dies. And, You know, historians have kind of figured out or guessed that she died from an illness that is very preventable, you know, right now and definitely in the future that Rachel's from. And, you know, so Rachel goes back being fascinated by Austen and her life, but she also wants just more of Jane. You know, she wants the, the Watsons, but she wants to know who she really was. And then she meets Jane and her feelings are complicated by, you know, the reality of this fully formed person who is somebody who likes her privacy, and she, you know, doesn't necessarily want to always expand her social circles. And, and maybe she says or does things that are slightly contrary to what people think about her and who they think she was. And she also doesn't have any clue that her work will endure. So sometimes she kind of talks down about her writing. And, and Rachel's just like, oh my gosh, no, don't, don't badmouth Emma. Emma's one of your greatest novels. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything about the last third of the book, but it really made me think about like what we expect of famous writers and what we feel entitled to know about them in their lives, whether those writers are dead or still living. And as like just a quick note, I want to say that I read The Jane Austen Project on audio and it's narrated by Saskia Marleveld and the audio production was fantastic if not for like the simple reason that Rachel is an American and this is set in like 1815 England and also Liam is Irish. So the Saskia Marleveld is handling like three different accents in this audiobook and she switches back and forth between them like flawlessly. So I highly recommend the audio version if that is something that you are into. Um, and that is The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen Flynn. Now, that is it for me, book nerds. I hope you are staying safe this weekend and that you are well stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of all the books that I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, as always, to our sound editor, Jen Sink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at tiers of Price. That's T I R Z A H P R I C. And I will be back next week on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty. And I'll be back next month with more backlist recommendations. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.